Welcome to the America's Workforce Radio Podcast, the flagship production of the American Workers Radio and Podcast Network, where organized labor and its never-ending fight to protect the rights of the American worker come first. Now, presented by LIUNA, Laborers International Union of North America, here's your host, Ed Flash Ferens. Flight attendants picking airports in three countries, including the United States, and it's all about wages. Super Bowl 58. CBS makes a ton of money, then lays off hundreds of workers. And today on the show, the United Teachers of Dade and the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. Welcome to the Wednesday, February 14th edition of America's Workforce, where we are available on at least five platforms, including... Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. We have two guests on the show today. We're going to start things off with Carla Hernandez-Matz. Carla is currently serving her third term as president of the United Teachers of Dade, which, by the way, is the fourth largest teachers union in the country and the largest teachers union in the southeastern part of the country. And if you've been listening to the show, you know, this organization has been under attack, especially since uh, Ron DeSantis became governor of Florida. And right now, over 30 public sector unions in that state have been decertified as anti-union state legislation signed by the governor. This was last year, started to take effect. Unions decertified include United Teachers of Date. And here's here's how it works. The new law requires public sector unions to have 60% of the workers they represent be dues-paying members and also prohibits union dues from being directly deducted from union members' paychecks, which the governor calls paycheck protection. They always use these fancy words, all right? Now, this is coming... Not from inside Florida, but from various states, including Washington State and the Freedom Foundation. And also model legislation, which has been spread across the country by the American Legislative Exchange Council, better known as ALEC. And they're real clever what they did here because the police, the firefighters, correctional officers were carved out of the new regulations. It's amazing what's happened here. A little more background on Carla. Her goal is to have a profound impact on education policy and ensure a sound future for all children, all of them, attending Miami-Dade County Public Schools while also fighting for workers' rights. If you go back uh, five years ago, Carla was recognized by Miami Today as part of its Achiever series for her work in advancing public education throughout the community. She currently serves on the Florida Education Association Governance Board, the FEA Cabinet, the State AFL-CIO Executive Board, the Board of the United Way, also serves as the chairperson of the American Federation of Teachers Women's Rights Committee and, and vice president of the AFT. And she's done a lot of speaking to national groups about the challenges that teachers face in public education today. And there are so many. It is not easy being a teacher in public education today. Just amazing. So Carla Hernandez-Matz, I've heard so many good things about her, and I'm very, very excited 
to have her on the show today. Later in the show, we're going to check in with another newcomer, and that would be Pasquale Gianni. I love that name. Pasquale Gianni, who is counsel and director of government affairs for Teamsters Joint Council 25. Now, this is an umbrella organization representing over 100,000 hardworking men and women in Illinois and Northwest Indiana. So he pretty much serves as, as a lobbyist. Gianni drives or drafts legislation, testifies in legislative committees as well as boards and commissions, and works to persuade elected officials and maneuvers the legislative process at all levels of government. Another very, very difficult job in today's political environment. We'll talk about that, and we're going to talk about what happened in uh, Council 25 where Teamsters at the Illinois Department of Transportation, IDOT, have voted by an overwhelming margin. I'm talking 95% to authorize a strike. We're talking 3,800 workers represented by locals 26, 50, 371, 525, 627, 705, 722, and 916. Thomas Steed is the uh, president of Joint Council 25. He said, our members who've been leading the way during this contract fight have grown tired of the state's unwillingness to value their hard work. Their overwhelming strike authorization sends a clear message, and we will do whatever it takes to get them the contract that they deserve. And I know they will. I know they will. No doubt about it. So Pasquale Gianni will be our second guest right here on America's Workforce. Now, a brief look into the world of labor. The segment brought to you by Boyd Watterson Asset Management. You can find more, I mean a whole lot more, at BoydWatterson.com. Thousands of flight attendants across three labor unions picketed outside airports in the U.S., the U.K., and Guam yesterday to push airlines for new contracts with significant pay increases. The protests included cabin crew members from 24 airlines, which included Alaska Air, Southwest, United, and American Airlines, picketing outside 30 airports. Here's the deal. In the past two years, the unions representing pilots, flight attendants, and maintenance workers have advocated for higher wages, better scheduling and other benefits amidst a very tight labor market as airlines are cashing in in the travel boom, which stalled during the pandemic. But everybody's flying now. Well, unlike flight attendants, pilots across major airlines have secured new labor deals. And they got some pretty good deals. I remember reading a 40% increase over a number of years. Well, flight attendants, not the case. They have not had a pay raise In five years, flight attendants are also urging an end to the industry practice of not compensating them for the time spent during boarding and waiting at the airport before and between flights. Now, at present, they receive payments solely for the duration when the aircraft is in motion. Now, Delta, which is a non-union, pretty much a non-union airline, with the exception of the pilots, they're the only U.S. carrier that pays its flight attendants during boarding time. Probably a move to keep the union out. Now, earlier this month, Canadian leisure carrier 
Air Transit's cabin crew members rejected a second labor deal offered to them, while Alaska Air flight attendants took a vote on a strike authorization yesterday. We don't have the outcome of that vote. And last month, flight attendants at Southwest approved a strike mandate after rejecting a tentative contract in December. Paramount, which is affiliated with CBS, is laying off hundreds of employees. And this comes just a day after the company announced CBS had record Super Bowl viewership. Paramount will lay off 800 people, or about 3% of its workforce, according to a person familiar with the matter. Paramount Global ended 2022 with about 24,500 full-time and part-time employees. Now, the affected workers were notified on Monday. Paramount Global owns a variety of assets, including CBS, Paramount Pictures, Pluto TV, Paramount Plus and cable networks, including Nickelodeon, BET, and Comedy Central. The job cuts come as the media company considers merger and acquisition options. The company warned employees of impending cuts. This was a couple of weeks ago, January 25th, in an internal memo. The CEO, Bob Bakish, said at the time, The Paramount Global needs to operate as a leaner company and spend less. In fact, their streaming service continues to lose money. The platform lost $238 million in the third quarter. So they're taking it out on the employees. Now, mind you, Super Bowl 58 on CBS was the most watched TV show in history with an estimated 123.4 million people watching it across all platforms. CBS charged a record high average $6.5 million for every 30-second commercial in the Super Bowl. And the network also earned tens of millions in additional revenue. Why? Because the game went into overtime. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. All right, I have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to check in with the leader of the United Teachers of Dade. Back in a few minutes. Don't go away. You're listening to America's Workforce with Ed Flash Ferens. It takes Lyuna to build North America's infrastructure. From roads and bridges to schools and skyscrapers, the men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, build the projects we depend on. From constructing the Freedom Tower on the site of the former World Trade Center to untangling Washington, D.C.'s congested interstate, Lyuna members do the work that matters. Find out what it takes to be built by Lyuna at lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. Are you an experienced mechanical insulator looking to take your career to the next level? Insulators Local 50 in Central Ohio has steady work for a number of years. Insulators Local 50 offers a total wage and benefits package that can't be beat. It's not just the competitive wages. Local 50 also provides medical, vision, and dental insurance with no paycheck deductions for you and your family. Don't miss out on the chance to secure your future. Join us at Insulators Local 50. Earn great pay and the best benefits. Visit insulators50.com forward slash AWF50 to fill out the online form and a Local 50 representative will call to begin the process. 
America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Auto Workers. Find more at UAW.org. There is unity and strength for workers. We are the USW. We are the USW. The United United Steelworkers. The largest industrial union in North America. We represent 850,000 members in In the the US, US, Canada, Canada, and the the Caribbean. Caribbean. We work in metals, rubber, chemicals, paper, oil refining, atomic energy, and the service sector. We are steelworkers, standing strong and fighting for what's right. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Federation of Professional and Technical Engineers. You can find more at ifpte.org. A great union requires a reliable election system. Survey and Ballot Systems is a trusted election partner with more than 30 years of expertise in managing union elections. By partnering with SBS, your union can ensure it gets an auditable process and a high level of customer service. SBS is here to help you conduct your union vote securely, transparently, and with trust building always in mind. Visit SurveyAndBalladSystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Communication Workers of America. You can find more at cwa-union.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. That would be AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by the Ohio Federation of Teachers. You can find more at oh.aft.org. And uh, Melissa Cropper, president of the OFT, will be joining us next Tuesday on the show as she is one of our sponsors on the show. And we talk a whole lot about teachers and public education on the show today. And our first guest is going to get right into that and the attacks on public education by a number of right-wing governors, including Ron DeSantis. Carla Hernandez-Matz is her name. She's a fighter. She's got a great history. And she is president of the United Teachers of Dade, website utd.org. And, uh, boy, they are struggling because of the attacks. They have a lot of vacancies. We're going to get into that. Also going to talk about uh, the out-of-state interests that are part of this campaign. Carla, welcome to America's Workforce. And I always appreciate new guests on the show. And I'd like to get a little background on them and how they got to where they are today. Talk to me about that part in your life. And I know you are a fighter, so I'm going to let you pick it up from there. Go ahead. So, Flash, thank you so much for having me, and shout-out to Melissa Cropper, uh, you know, another union president doing her thing and fighting for working people. You know, my, my story is very um, interesting in the sense that, you know, obviously I care about justice issues and, and, you know, wages and benefits, but it started at a very early age. So I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. My dad and mom both are from Honduras. And when my dad came here, although he was an accountant, he could not practice accounting, so he was a farm worker, and he worked in the Everglades cutting sugar cane and picking tomatoes. And, you know, he was part of a life that in those times didn't have, um, you know, rights. Uh, it was right during the when Cesar Chavez was starting to organize workers and farmers were getting some attention. But his wages were stolen, and there were brutal conditions. And so one day somebody uh, tapped him and said, hey, the construction industry is booming in Miami. Do you want to become a skilled laborer? And he said, yeah. He got out of there, um, joined the carpenters union, and began just really advocating for, for workers' rights and, you know, living wages for everyone. It didn't matter what industry, you know, they came from. 
And so I grew up surrounded by that and my dad telling me, hey, you were born in this country. Don't let people treat you like a second-class citizen. And for those people that can't fight for themselves, you fight for them. So that, you know, tenacity of, you know, pursuing the dream for everyone and making sure that you speak up for those that are left out uh, was, you know, really ingrained in my mind as, as a very young child. Um, so I grew up and I decided I wanted to become a teacher. I am a special education middle school science teacher by trade and always been a union member. And I know that you had uh, Frederick Ingram on your show a couple of days ago. Uh, he actually mm-hmm. was a leader at UTD. He asked me to run with him as secretary treasurer. So I was his, his partner, you know, and, and, and on his team. And um, that was my first big leadership role within the union. And now fast forward 10 years later, he's an AFT and I'm the president of United Teachers of Date. And we're both causing really good trouble fighting for people. <laughs> yeah, good trouble. No doubt about that. Yeah, we, we talked about what's going on with the United Teachers of Date. And let's just fast forward to that because this has become a national issue, these, these attacks on public education. And in, in your case, they uh, have they formally decertified now? And they, they changed the law last year. Maybe you can get into what happened here. And it's not just te- it's all public sector unions, except for police and fire. They, they carve that part out. But what, yes. what happened here? Where are we with all of this right now, Carla? So I'm going to rewind just a little bit more, and I'm going to tell you that this is part of a right-wing uh, agenda. So about five years ago, when Rick Scott was still in office, um, they actually did something, actually a little bit more than five years ago. Um, he, he passed the first bill that only targeted teachers and that in a work with no rights, and I'm intentionally calling it this, you know, in a work with no rights state that teachers unions, only teachers unions had to reach a 50% threshold uh, in order to continue to exist. And so, you know, when that didn't work, you know, it's been part of the right wing extremist agenda to figure out how to take away rights, you know, from public sector unions and workers so that, you know, more money can be spent in other places and, you know, workers have limited voice and opportunities in the, in the job force or in the workforce. And so, um, you know, I was really fortunate last year. Um, I was a Democratic uh, nominee, and I ran with Charlie Chris um, as his lieutenant governor. The first time a union uh, president or just unionist ran in that position. Um, so, you know, it, it was a, it was a it was a big mantle because I was fighting for working people and making sure that people uh, got the respect and you know dignity in the workforce. And of course, fighting for communities. So we ran a race, um, but obviously we lost. Governor DeSantis continued to be the governor of this state. And he came back um, and basically did this um, law against everyone except police, fire, and correctional officers. And so uh, it's the largest, it's the most egregious attack um, on workers' rights that I've ever seen. It not only limits um, what, how people can spend their money because there are restrictions on how we pay our dues with our own paycheck. I mean, can you imagine that? And mm-hmm. it also increases the threshold to 60%. There was a, an article that came out uh, maybe two days ago. I can't remember which is the publication, but it talks about how this bill has impacted so many public sector unions. I think they're particularly talking about AFSCME unions 
but a lot of African unions have unfortunately not been able to uh, meet the threshold, have not been able to get uh, the show of interest cards, and so it is impacting a lot of public sector unions. We're fighting back, um, so that's good news that I have to tell you, Flash. Uh, we're beating every single hurdle. Um, it's helping us organize. I mean, and we'll talk about this, you know, even more. I'm sure you'll ask me more questions. But um, it's really changing the dynamics. And, you know, I, I just want all my brothers and sisters to know that are hurting from this. Um, you know, once we are back and we're swinging and, you know, we're, we're in full stride, uh, I'm going to help all these, you know, other unions that are, are really struggling because we need to fight this, um, this egregious law. Well, right now, what I understand that a lot of teachers have left because of these attacks, and you have a number on that. What, what, where are we right now? Because if you're going to be in a situation like this, you, a lot of people are just not going to put up with it. And you know, you mentioned Melissa Cropper, and and she's had a number of conversations with me about that too. And says, "Enough is enough. I'm done." What's the situation in Florida right now, Carla? Well, um, the state of Florida is 48th in the country in how it funds public education. And we were actually just one step a little bit closer. We were 47th before Governor DeSantis came into the state. Uh, once he took office, we became 48th. So gradually we're going further, we're getting further behind in how we fund public education. And when you have a governor uh, that's so toxic, um, I don't know how many, you know, folks around the country are following this, but, you know, he's banned AP African-American studies. He censors teachers. There's um, a massive book banning effort um, that he's behind that is happening in the state of Florida. Um, and, and it's all run by like 11 people are the ones that keep on, um, you know, putting these complaints in. So there's book banning, there's censoring teachers, you know, there's no authenticity in the way we can talk about slavery and black history. Um, then he attacks unions. So now educators feel like they're losing rights and they're concerned about wages and benefits that are already very low because, like I said earlier, we're 48th in the country in how we fund public education. It's created a, a self-inflicted wound. And so what he's seeing is that since he took office, there are nine. There are now over nine thousand vacancies statewide. He caused that, um, you know, that 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 wound. Uh, you know, the the public schools are bleeding. We need, you know, high quality teachers to be in our classrooms. And can you imagine, Flash? I mean, there are nine thousand classrooms in our state without a permanent certified teachers. What is the damage that that is causing our children? How much? delay are they getting in you know the educational quality so that they can have access to success and so that they can keep on you know growing and learning so that more opportunities afforded to them um and you know he he continues with these culture wars and these culture wars are creating a system that's unsustainable uh people are ready to um go to other careers do different things and it's 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 very sad because so many of our districts around the state have a revolving door where people are coming in and going because they just don't see um, how as passionate as they may be about education, how they could stay in a system that doesn't support them. So sad. So sad. And a lot of these attacks are coming from out of state interests. I want to talk about that, especially one in Washington state. I mean, this is mind boggling. Carla Hernandez Matz joining us on our live line today. She's president of the United Teachers of Dade. 
utd.org is their website. Later in the show, we're going to check in with Teamsters Joint Council 25, and uh, they're taking on the Illinois Department of Transportation. Incredible story. We'll talk about it later on the show. Back in a few minutes. This is America's Workforce. More shows available at awfradio.com. It takes Lyuna to power North America with affordable energy. The men and women of Lyuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, have the skills needed to build and maintain oil, natural gas, nuclear, solar, and wind projects that are shaping America's energy future. From new energy tech to retrofitted facilities, Lyuna members do it all. Find out what it takes to be powered by Lyuna at Lyuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A. We're the nurses, firefighters, and claims representatives that help keep our government services running. We respond to natural disasters. We care for our nation's veterans. And we investigate discrimination in the workplace. We are federal and D.C. government workers. And we are proud to serve the American people. Working in more than 70 agencies across the government, we know we can fulfill our mission because our union has our back. Learn more at AF. GE.org. Paid for by the American Federation of Government Employees, AFL-CIO. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Ironworkers. You can find more at ironworkers.org. America's Workforce Radio is sponsored in part by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, District Council 6, representing painters, glazers, drywall finishers, and sign and display industry workers. They remind you that belonging to a union is your right as an American. The Heat and Frost Insulators and Allied Workers are proud to be a title sponsor for America's Workforce Radio. The Insulators Union is leading the way in the mechanical insulation industry, fire stopping, and infectious disease control. Regarded as North America's energy conservation specialist, these professionals are known for their professional work and dedication. You can learn more about the Insulators Union at insulators.org. This portion of the show brought to you by the International Union of Bricklayers and Allied Craft Workers. For more information, please visit BACWeb.org. Now, back to Ed Flash Ferrance with America's Workforce. And remember, you can check us out on at least five platforms. That includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora. And when you get an opportunity, here's what you do. Just sign up and receive our shows on a regular basis and give us a rating. We always appreciate it. Those five-star ratings, so please keep them coming. By the way, this next segment brought to you in part by Blue Cross and Blue Shield's National Labor Office. You know, Blue Cross and Blue Shield companies formed out of a need to provide affordable health care to teachers, to loggers, and miners. Well, in 1965, the Blues developed the National Labor Office to strengthen its commitment to organized labor. And today, Blue Cross and Blue Shield's National Labor Office remains focused on America's workers advocating for affordable and equitable health care partnering with strategic alliances to provide industry-leading products and services and proudly serving more than 18 million unionized workers, retirees, and their families, working hard for America's working families, for the health of America. You can learn more by following them at Blue Labor on LinkedIn and X, formerly known as Twitter. Let's go back to uh, Miami, Florida. Joining us on our live line today is Carla Hernandez-Matt. She is the president of the United Teachers of Dade, utd.org is her website. You can also check them out on Facebook, United Teachers of Dade, and on X. Oh, you got a personal handle here, 
Carla for Florida. We talked about that briefly in the first part of the show because she ran as lieutenant governor, and a lot of this is happening because of that. That's another story. I want to talk about this uh, decertification. And just to uh, correct the record here, uh, the legislature moved to decertify public sector unions, but you're not decertified yet. There's a process. Can you explain that part for our listeners? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we're a work with no right state, and um, part of the process is that not only do we have no way or system of getting dues deduction, as we've had for over 50 years in the state, um, you know, we have to hit 60% threshold. We have to now collect individually from workers, which is obviously a rigmarole. Um, But, um, you know, part of what every union has to do is they have to apply to the Public Employee Relations Commission in the state uh, to be certified, but they have to meet all these, you know, benchmarks. And so, you know, we're fighting the good fight. We're jumping hurdles. We're in the game. Uh, We will be um, calling. Actually, we've already called for an election. So uh, we're fighting everything, but we're, you know, we're bracing and we're, we're, we're in there in solidarity with all the other unions that unfortunately have not been able to jump these hurdles and are being actively decertified uh, throughout the state. We want to help them uh, get through this as well. And, and the bottom line here, you know, when, when someone is decertified in this case, you're, you're no longer the bargaining agent. And that's what this is all about. It's an attack on collective bargaining. They don't want you to bargain together because when you bargain Correct. together, yeah, you, you get good wages, you get good benefits. When, yeah. Yeah. And when you're no longer the bargaining agent, then whatever existing contract you have, um, you, you lose you lose that. You lose um, years of negotiated uh, contract language. And, of course, any wages and, and benefits that have been already negotiated and, and, and bargained for, um, you know, no longer have to exist. And so this is really something that's worrying a lot of our, 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 our union brothers and sisters. Well, I know you got a lot of solidarity. You know, we talked to uh, Frederick Ingram the other day. He's uh, totally behind you. Andrew Spar has been a frequent guest on the show. He heads the Florida Education Association. I mean, everybody's watching this in the union movement. And I want to talk to you about what's happening because of out-of-state interests. And there's two. There's the Freedom Foundation. I'm very familiar with that. But what about this group out of Olympia, Washington? What, what's that all about, Carla? So, so let me tell you um, in, really quick about, obviously, you've talked about the Freedom Foundation in the past. Uh, you know, it's funded by the likes of Betsy DeVos, the Koch brothers. Um, these are people and organizations that we know. Uh, Betsy DeVos was very anti-public education. She's been the worst, um, you know, um, education um, secretary that we've ever had in our nation. And so you have all these people that are really trying to figure out how to defund our public schools so that they can privatize public schools. And so mm-hmm. the easiest and fastest way of privatizing our school system is by getting rid of the workers that voice their concerns, that lobby for resources, that fight for kids and make sure that children have access to high-quality education. And so this group, um, you know, the Freedom Foundation, um, has actually, there's a CBS report that aired uh, here in Miami where the, the folks from the Freedom Foundation admit, um, and they're, they're actually very proud of this, this guy named Rusty Brown, um, that he wrote Senate Bill 256. And, you know, obviously it passed flying colors through the House, Senate, and Governor because it's a Republican uh, stronghold here in the state of Florida. So the Freedom Foundation is responsible for writing Senate Bill 256. 
Um, and they, we know that they've attacked um, other locals in Ohio and California and all other places. But right now, United Teachers of Data has become the focal point of this right-wing anti-labor group. And so they created this front group. It's a fake group called the Miami-Dade Education Coalition that is 100% funded by the Freedom Foundation, 100% um, in charge of, the, you know, of, of everything that they're doing. But it's a front group because they're trying to act like they're a rival union. But here's the thing, y'all, and you know this, right? You can't be a, a, a rival union group if you're actually anti-union and you pass the bill that is taking away people's rights and people's contracts. And so, you know, people are realizing that this is, you know, a scam, that these people are phony, that they're just, you know, they have this shell of, of a facade of who they are trying to pretend they are. But they're like puppets because it's the Freedom Foundation that's sending out their mailers, just like it's the Freedom Foundation that sends out nationwide all these postcards on opt-out uh, so that you drop out of the union. The same people are the ones that are puppeteering this front group over here, and, uh, you know, we're beating them back. The, 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 the thing about this is that they don't realize how hard it is to organize, and uh, we are kicking their butts. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm, try, I'm a teacher. I'm trying to keep it G here. We're, 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 <laughs> we're kicking their butts in every single aspect um, when, they come, uh, when, they, when they've come at us. And so when we had to get 30% of show of interest cards, we blew that out of the water, Ed. We got over 11,000 cards signed in less than three weeks. They've had like three months, and they're struggling to get 2,000. They can't get it because they don't have the support. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't have the, the, the language. I mean, there's this guy, uh, Aaron White, who's part of the Freedom Foundation. I mean, my folks have gotten pictures of him um, outside their door. He's knocking, trying to convince them that an anti-worker group who doesn't care about pensions, who doesn't care about living wages for teachers, uh, that doesn't support class size or referendums, that that's going to be a better option. I mean, our, our folks are not, you know, stupid. They're educators. They read. Um, they see what's happening here. And so, yeah, this is a, funny, uh, a phony group um, that is sponsored by the Freedom Foundation, but that's how they're trying to work. And, and people need to know that, right, because what they're doing here is that they're creating – uh, the blueprint of what they want to um, do in other places. They want to be able to pop into cities and other states, look for, you know, um, unions that are really moving communities that are fighting the good fight, and they want to come in there and try to figure out how to destroy them by creating front groups, phony groups, that do not care mm -hmm. about workers trying to convince them and confuse them about something that they don't represent. So people need to watch out and be on the lookout uh, for the Freedom Foundation and other front groups that they may be funding. They're phony groups with fancy names. You, you say Freedom Foundation. Boy, that sounds yep. good. Americans for Prosperity. And then Moms for Liberty. There, there's another <laughs> one. Isn't there, wasn't there a scandal going on in your state with Moms for Liberty? I want to apologize to all your listening audience for all the shenanigans that come out of the state of Florida. Yes, uh, the, the Moms for Liberty is also something that, not from Miami, didn't start here, but it did start in the state of Florida. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a play on words. 
um, they use words um, that have now lost their meaning because of how they have corrupted their meaning through their actions. And so, you know, th these groups are out there also nationwide trying to ban books, um, you know, trying to intimidate teachers and coming in and disrupting, um, you know, public, um, our public school system by, by going to a school board meetings. But, but these are all disruptors and distractions, just like the Freedom Foundation and the Miami-Dade Education Coalition. They're trying to disrupt the work that we do. They're trying to keep us from negotiating good contracts. And, and, and by the way, um, Ed, we have one of the, the, the brilliant things that United Teachers of Dade has been able to do is that in spite of the state funding its public schools at the 48th level in the country, we have passed two referendums locally in Miami-Dade County. And each referendum has generated over a billion dollars. The way that we wrote that referendum, the way we campaigned and championed that referendum so that it passed, the language was so that it is for teacher, for instruction and safety raises. And so we have been able to, um, you know, in spite of the poor funding that the state is causing our schools, we have been able to put money in our educators' pockets through the referendum that we initiated, that we helped pass, that we lobbied, that we campaigned for, that we organized, so that the folks in Miami-Dade County have been able to take home pay to, you know, to, to live a decent life that they all deserve. And so that's one of the wins, and that's what they're against, and that's what they're trying to fight back because they want to privatize our public schools. Yeah, yeah, that's what this is all about. It's all about privatization. And, and sadly, Carla, who's getting hurt here? Well, the teachers are getting hurt, or either that or they're leaving the profession. And we got 9,000 vacancies. That means we need teachers in the classroom. There's classrooms that need teachers as we speak. And so we're hurting the kids. We're hurting the kids. That's what this is all about. Amazing story what's going on here. It's so sad, and it's so important. It's so important. And I know exactly what you're talking about, these attacks, because Ohio, in the state of Ohio, we went through it back in uh, 2011, 2011, 2012. It was a legislation called SB5. And we had a number of right-wing governors. It started in Wisconsin with Scott Walker. John mm -hmm. Kasich was the governor here. Michigan went right to work, and thankfully, as of yesterday, that ended because of a change in the legislature. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Boy, it would be nice if that came to fruition in the state of Florida. But the it important will. point— We will get that yeah, back. We will, yeah, it will. The, the important thing of what I want to say here, we have to stop this. We have to stop this because if these idiots succeed— they're going to go across the country, and they're going to do a whole lot of damage. That's the that's but, the sad part about it. But, you know, Flash, the beauty of this is that in every situation where they have come in, they've disrupted, they've hurt workers, um, although it's been a painful uh, situation, it's also been part of an evolution and revolution. People have stood up to these, you know, to, to the powers that are fighting working people, and they've reorganized, and they've gotten out the vote, and they've changed the dynamics. You know, just like you were talking about all these wins and how they've rolled back these laws and they've rolled back on hurting working people. That's going to happen in the state of Florida, too. And for us, even though this is a pain in our butts right now, this is also a growing pain. And we're reorganizing how we talk to our, uh, you know, our, our, our community, our members, our potential members. It's helping us be better organizers. So I got to tell you, with you know, with every struggle, there's also growth, and so 
we're growing. We have we have gained over um, 1,000 new members in the past seven months. So people are waking up. They're like, oh, you know, I don't want to lose my benefits, my wages, my contracts. And so, you know, we're we're part of something that's going to shift the dynamic and the power in Florida. I'm telling you, Ed, you're first to hear it here, you know, on your podcast. But just like it's happened in other places, we're going to turn this around. Well, Carla, I could tell you got a lot of fight in you. And, and to your point, you are defined by the challenges that you have in your life. And you got some challenges there, and you are taking them head on. There's no question, no question. Well, you got a friend here on America's Workforce. Please keep in touch with us. Anything we can do. We had a banner year in downloads last year. They had a 25% increase over 2022. So you got a lot of listeners. You got a lot of supporters here on America's Workforce. So you stay safe and stay strong, sister. Okay? Thank you, brother. Appreciate being on, and I'm happy to join you anytime. Solidarity. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Pasquale Gianni's with Teamsters Joint Council 25. He's coming up next. This is America's Workforce. It takes Layuna to keep America running. Over 70,000 public employees are part of Layuna, the Laborers International Union of North America, delivering critical services such as health care and emergency response, as well as maintaining roads and sanitation systems. Even the National Postal Mail Handlers Union, representing over 47,000 U.S. postal workers, is affiliated with Layuna. Find out what it takes for Layuna to keep America running at Layuna.org. That's L-I-U-N-A dot org. The Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council, consisting of eight ironworker local unions in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Michigan. We build the skylines and bridges along the Great Lakes. With more work than ever before, the Great Lakes District Council is actively searching out the next great ironworker. Whether it's building the next Intel plant or constructing a bridge, to safely connect our great cities along the lake. So join the Ironworkers Great Lakes District Council today. Find out how and learn more about the council by visiting IWDistrictCouncil.com. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the Heat and Frost Insulators Labor Management Cooperative Trust. Find out more at insulators.org forward slash LMCT. America's Workforce is sponsored in part by Boyd Watterson Asset Management, LLC. Find out more about our investment solutions tailored to meet the needs of Taft-Hartley funds at BoydWatterson.com. The Alliance for American Manufacturing is a nonprofit, nonpartisan partnership formed back in 2007 by some of America's leading manufacturers and the United Steelworkers. Their mission is simple strengthen American manufacturing and create new private sector jobs through smart public policies. Keyword there is smart. We need to be smarter than ever in today's highly competitive world. The Alliance for American Manufacturing believes that an innovative and growing manufacturing base is vital to America's economic and national security, as well as providing good jobs for future generations. Good jobs today, good jobs tomorrow. Good American jobs. Find out more at AmericanManufacturing.org. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the United Steelworkers. You can find more at USW.org. 
This segment of America's Workforce is brought to you by Survey and Ballot Systems. SBS has been providing unions with secure and flexible election options for over 30 years. Visit SurveyAndBallotSystems.com to learn more. America's Workforce is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, where you can find more at Teamster.org. America's Workforce is presented by the Labor's International Union of North America. Feel the power right now at Lyuna.org. Now, back to America's Workforce. Here's Ed Flash Ferens. And remember, you can check us out on Facebook or follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, that would be AWF Union Podcast, AWF Union Podcast. By the way, this next segment on the show brought to you in part by the North Coast Labor Federation. In fact, we got a great guest on the show tomorrow on behalf of the North Coast Federation. That would be Davida Russell, who serves as vice president. And she's got an interesting story in honor of Black History Month. Uh, she's got a real interesting story on how she climbed the ladder in the union movement and how that made a difference in her life. Great story. That'll be tomorrow. Right now, though, let's go to line number two and welcome to the show. I love this name. Pasquale Gianni, who is the counsel and political director for Teamsters Joint Council 25. Website is Teamsters, that's plural, TeamstersJC25.com. And they have a struggle going on with the Illinois Department of Transportation. Pasquale, did I pronounce your name correctly, sir? You did a terrific job. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you for joining us here on America's Workforce, and I thank the International Brotherhood of Teamsters as one of our many proud sponsors. You had a a fabulous year last year with that uh, UPS contract, but as you know, my brother, the fight continues. There's always something brewing out there, and I guess, well, why don't we start with Teamsters Joint Council 25? I know you want to talk about what's going on with the uh, IDOT, Illinois Department of Transportation. But talk to me about this organization. A lot of unions involved in it, right? Most definitely. So Teamsters Joint Council 25 is the umbrella organization for the Teamsters Union that covers the entire state of Illinois uh, and Northwest Indiana, just that that portion of Northwest Indiana that's still considered part of the greater Chicagoland metropolitan area. Uh, uh, 24 Teamster locals within our joint council covering just over 100,000 hardworking men and women. And um, it's a uh, organizational uh, hierarchy of the Teamsters. We're organized into joint councils, uh, and we are the third largest in the country. Power in numbers. That's what it's all about. Real good here. So you've been... uh... You've been the political director, counselor for how many years and how long with the, with the Teamsters, too? What's, what's your tenure there? Coming, coming up on, on five years here. Um, I, I actually um, I, I started out um, a little before that in organizing, um, and I've, I've collected a number of different hats. Uh, you know, coming getting my law degree, but uh, my, my passion for labor, labor has always uh, uh, and, and steadily grown. And, um, you know, you, you said it, the, the fight, um, you know, you, 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 you get one victory under your belt and, and, and the next uh, challenge uh, arises and, and you take it on in stride. And that's, you know, yeah. that's what we do here in the labor movement. Never ends, never ends. Okay, th- this one surprises me a bit. Now, 
We just got off the phone with the United Teachers of Dade. And, you know, there's bad things for unions in the state of Florida and, and a lot of the, the southern and the right-to-work states. Illinois not in that category. It's pretty pro-union, but you got a fight going on here with the Department of Transportation. Talk to me about it. What's going on here? That's that's absolutely right. Illinois has been a has been a blue, fairly blue state for a long time. Uh, we represent uh, obviously a whole host of, of public employees. We have fairly favorable um, public employee labor law within the state of Illinois. With the Illinois Department of Transportation, we represent well over four thousand uh, employees that are highway maintainers bridge tenders, ferry operators, mechanics, pro-tech employees, and so on. Uh, when we had a very hostile to labor um, administ- uh, Republican administration uh, with Bruce Rauner, uh, these employees had to suffer through four years uh, of wage uh, freezes without a contract. Uh, as a result, um, these, these employees uh, we're okay with with uh, taking a hit on their paycheck because we were able to negotiate uh, for them to be enrolled in our Teamster-sponsored health and welfare. Uh, this resulted in significantly better benefits at a at a at a, a much lower, um, almost zero cost uh, to these employees. And ever since then, they've they've enjoyed uh, enjoyed those benefits. Uh, this administration now, uh, the Pittsburgh administration, uh, has been uh, stopping at nothing to try and ensure that our worker, our, our, our IDOT workers, uh, come off of the Teamster plan and get back onto the state plan, which, of course, would result in uh, significantly reduced benefits at a much, much higher cost uh, to our members. And that's something that we deem progressive and unacceptable. And I see that uh, the vote was 95% to authorize a strike. Now, where are we with that? I mean, do we have a deadline here coming up? Well, we have a, we have a number of locals that are, are certainly reaching the breaking point. Uh, although, you know, the, the joint council has a, has a coordinated effort going on with, with all of the locals throughout the state, there are separate agreements that are, uh, negotiated, and you know, locals do have their own their own ultimate autonomy. Um, but the the eight locals now that that are, are are without a contract with the Illinois Department of Transportation are all reaching a, a breaking point. They're in um, very late stages of negotiations, uh, and and several of them in mediation. And, uh, you know, the, these, I think these workers um, certainly are ready and willing uh, to, uh, to, to go on strike um, if, if, if it comes down to it. I think, you know, we're talking within a couple weeks, you know, we should, we should know. We have a big rally going on. Our, our big Teamsters Joint Council 25 semi-truck uh, headed all the way down to Collinsville, Illinois. We have a number, a, a, a great turnout that's going to be happening there this morning at IDOT District 8 headquarters. And um, this is this is something that we certainly are not going to uh, let go to bed. You said it perfectly. You know, just because an administration may fashion itself as progressive, as pro-labor, um, this, this is um, one of the 
um, this is this is truly a sad day when yeah. we're talking about some of the hardest working people in the state of Illinois with fatality rates and rates of hazardous injury that that exceed those of of police officers and firemen in the line of duty. You're talking about people that are working on busy highways uh, in in very hazardous conditions and snow and ice, maintaining our roads. Um, um, putting themselves in, in, in very dangerous situations, um, and, and they deserve the best of the best um, health care, and they want to keep their health care. It sounds like the people in charge are talking the talk but not walking the walk on this situation. That's that's a, that's a, the, the gist of what I'm getting here. And, and I'm reading on your, uh, your uh, website here. It, it seems like they got the money. Uh, Illinois has a highway budget that's bigger and better than ever. So clearly there's plenty of money to pay fair wages and allow to remain on their preferred health insurance. This is from uh, Kale Schonk, who's a uh, permit supervisor at IDOT in District 5 and a member of Local 916. That's one of the locals involved here. So I, I don't get this. <laughs> I mean, if, if they got the money, it's supposed to be a pro-union state. Why is this happening? <laughs> I'm kind of baffled on this, Pasquale. Well, you know, the, the cost saving to the state is, is certainly one component. And you have an administration that uh, in the past has, has taken a, a, a bit of PR criticism on giving the vote away to organized labor. Um, you know, and, and, and now is trying to uh, appear at least fiscally responsible um, by, by cutting down this, this, this huge benefit. Now, the, the other, and I, and I would say probably more primary reason that's been described to us uh, by the administration is this idea of parity or, or equity, if you may, uh, in that uh, a great number, if not, let's say all of the other bargaining units that the state of Illinois has signed collective bargaining agreements with, uh, a whole host of other unions, which you know I don't have to name, uh, are all on the state insurance plan. And that's for the simple reason that these other unions don't have their own uh, Taft-Hartley funds, union-administered health and welfare funds to offer, which we should not be blamed for. We have a terrific health fund uh, with Cadillac benefits uh, that our members enjoy. And that, again, that benefit was negotiated in after four years of wage freezes. Uh, and, 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 our, and our members um, are, are, are really willing to go uh, to the end of the line to keep those benefits. Um, and, and parity, in our eyes, it's not a good enough reason uh, to give that all up. Well, Pasquale, you hang in there, brother. Uh, keep in touch with us on this situation here. Pasquale Gianni is his name. He is the counsel and political director for Teamsters Joint Council 25. We're talking uh, more than 100,000 workers at 24 local union affiliates, Chicago, Illinois, Northwest Indiana, TeamstersJC25.com for uh, complete updates. Great job. Thank you for joining us. Please keep in touch. Okay, brother? Thank you, Ed. Appreciate it. Keep, keep on fighting for us. You got it. That'll be it for another edition of America's Workforce. Tomorrow, more on the Teamsters and the latest from the North Coast Labor Federation. Until then, all of you have a safe and wonderful day. 
That concludes another episode of the America's Workforce Radio Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. America's Workforce is a production of Labor Tools and BMA Media Group. Find out more information online at labortools.com.